Faith is simply just acting like God is telling the truth. Faith is acting like God is telling the truth. In other words, if you were at your house, and if you believed, if someone in your house said, hey, hey, the whole house is on fire except for the part that you're in, run out right now and be safe. If you believe them, you'll run out the house. If you didn't believe them, you would stay in. And the reason why you would run out the house is if you acted like they was telling the truth, if you believed that they was telling the truth, you would respond. And faith is not something that you just say, oh, that's interesting, or oh, that's cool, or oh, God's awesome. No, you respond to faith, and you respond to faith with movement. So if God says he's going to bless you, you respond to that. If God says he's going to change you, you respond to that. If God said he's going to reach your family, you respond to that. If God said he called you, you respond to that. Now, let me tell you the challenge and the struggle of faith. The challenge and the struggle of faith is this. You struggle with faith because faith is invisible. It's invisible. And faith contradicts everything associated with your body. And your whole life, you've operated by your senses. And you lived a sensory life. Everything was by senses. When you got afraid, it's because you heard something or you saw something or you felt something. Everything was operated by senses. And to walk by faith, to walk in this spiritual realm is such a tough concept because God is asking you to shift into a realm that you can't see, that you can't fathom, that you can't understand. So you got to understand something as a person. You are a triune person. You are a soul. You have a spirit. And you're in a body. Well, you're actually a spirit that has a soul in the body. Put that correctly. You're a spirit. That's what you are. I want to convince you of something before I get into my message. Hold your hands and look at them. Hold your hands out and look at them. That's not you. That's not you. When someone dies, we look at their body and say, oh, I just really missed it. That's not them. That's not them. That is, that is what remains when they left. You're not your body. This isn't you. And you better hope this ain't you. Because one day this body will expire. And when this body expires, this body is just going to go back to becoming clay. And if you're just this physical animated body, what are you living for? Let's think, y'all. We're going to put on our thinking caps today. Why are you living? You're eating. You're breathing, you're living, you buy your little car, you get your 401k, get your little retirement, you take some vacations, you come to church, you sing, your love is relentless, and you come and do all these cool things just to get old, wrinkled, saggy, and die. Like, what's the point? Like, you literally, like, just think of everything you stressed out about. You stressed out only to die. You're working only to die. You're living only to die. You're traveling only to die. And if this is all that's, if this is all that's there, there is no point to living. There is no point. If there is no God, life has no point. And if life has no point, but check this out. You feel like life has a point. You feel like it has a point. When someone dies, you feel greed deeply because you feel this connection. You feel like there's more. Like you can't even comprehend death because you can't comprehend somebody expiring. They're gone. Their mind, their intellects, everything they develop, they're gone. So if this is it, there's no point. And if there is a point, there's more than just this. And if there's more than just this, it's your job to tap into the more. Now, I know some of you guys may say, why did God make it so complicated? Like, God, like, like, why is it complicated? Because God wants you to live by faith. 
let me show you why God is invisible. I'm going to help somebody. I feel a skeptic spirit in the room, so I'm going to help you. Let me tell you why God is invisible. I asked this question to God this morning. I said, God, why are you invisible? Like, why can't you just be here like, hey? The reason why God is invisible, God, God spoke to me. He said, I'm invisible because if y'all saw me, you wouldn't have free will. I am so big, so strong, so powerful, so majestic that my very essence would triumph your will. So if you could physically see God and physically see the spiritual realm and physically see angels and demons, it would be no brainer. You wouldn't even have a choice because it wouldn't even be a fight. You got the demon, you got the angels just slapping them on the back of the neck. Which means that you would have no choice, no free will. You couldn't love God. You would be afraid of him. You'd be like, look at God. You would be scared. So God is saying that in your physical state, my presence would stop love, affection, devotion, closeness, intimacy. There would be none of that. There would be none of that. So God said, I'm invisible so I can connect with you in a very intimate, spiritual way. And God says, here's the deal. The reason why I set it up like that is because the real you is invisible too. The real you is invisible too. And God says, there's a part of you that's connected to me. There's a part of you, and now you have to rediscover that world. That's why the Bible says, he that comes to enter the kingdom of God must be born again. Because the first time you was born in the physical, the second time you're born in the spiritual. So God says, so God says that, that yes, you're saved by grace, but it's through faith. So through faith, you're saved by grace. You're born again into the family, into the kingdom of God. You're born into the spiritual realm. And once you're born into the spiritual realm, your job is to grow your spiritual senses so you can comprehend your new reality. So just like when your baby's born into the physical realm, they can't comprehend. They, 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 the way they see is blurred. The way their hair is blurred. They're eating milk. They can't handle strong meat. And they're in this world just kind of aimlessly. And they need time and intentionality to grow to where they can understand this new world. You're the same in the spirit, which means if you can't fully comprehend God and if you can't really operate in the spirit, it's okay because if you keep growing and if you keep going, God will begin to grow you and you will be a, begin to hear God and see God and see things in the spiritual and you can get so deep in the spiritual the physical looks weak okay let me give you an example of some things in the spirit I'm gonna give you an example of some things and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read a scripture I'm gonna close pretty quick today let me give you some examples I was in Walmart and I was in Walmart and the spirit of God spoke to me and the spirit of God said I need you to pay for a woman's groceries so I'm in here, I'm in here, I'm, I'm shopping, I'm getting my Scooby Snack, Scooby Snack 1, Scooby Snack 2, Scooby Snack 3, somebody pray for me. So I'm in here getting my Scooby Snacks. And as I'm getting my Scooby Snacks, I'm walking around Walmart with my cart looking like an idiot, and I'm trying to find who I must give some money to buy their food. So I'm walking through Walmart, I'm trying to find somebody, and it's just kind of a weird thing. I'm like, God, how do I do this? Well, how do I transition into this? I can never find the person I'm supposed to buy groceries for. So finally, I get in line, and I'm just like, well, maybe I didn't hear God. Maybe I missed it, so I'm in line. And there's this lady in front of me. She's ringing everything out. She's ringing her groceries out. She's ringing. She's getting everything rung up. I mean, rung up, rung up, all her groceries, all her groceries. The Spirit of the Lord spoke to me. He said, you're supposed to pay for her groceries. Okay, God, no problem. So I walk up, and I say, hey, ma'am, 
This may sound really creepy. I promise I'm not creepy, okay? And, I, and I'm not trying to holler at you. I promise. We all good here. But, you know, some creepy dude, <laughs> you want me to get your groceries? No, nah, I don't want you to get my groceries, sir. <laughs> You're creepy <laughs> and ugly. Um, so I walk up, and I'm like, ma'am, um, God told me, because when you do stuff, you got to do it in the name of God so they can know the source of this, because I want to save my money. So God spoke. I said, <laughs> God told me I have to pay for your groceries. She was like, ah, she just started screaming, crying. I'm like, this lady is bananas. Like, this is crazy. She's crying. And she said, sir, you don't know me. You don't understand what you've done. I'm like, what did I do? She said, God told me to go to Walmart. He told me to shop. And he told me to get everything me and the kids needed. And he said he'll pay for it. She said, I didn't have any money, none. I had no money at all. And she said, I walked around the store for an hour with my buggy because I'm like, God, if you're going to pay for my groceries, who's coming? And she said, God kept whispering in her ear, walk by faith, walk by faith, walk by faith. And she said, as she was stalling, God said, why are you stalling? Walk by faith. And then she got to the line and she was like, God, who, who, I mean, what you going to do? And God just kept saying, walk by faith. And she said, the line started getting short. It was 10 in the line. Then it was nine. Then it was five. Then it was two. And she like, God, where is you? And then there was one. And then there was none. And at that point, she said she wanted to turn around. Then the Spirit of the Lord spoke to her and said, walk by faith. So she said, <laughs> one banana, two banana, three banana, four. <laughs> one banana, two banana, you banana, more. Now, so she starts putting these things <laughs> up there like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and she's putting all her groceries up there. She's stretching it out. She's stalling. I'm, I'm kind of noticing her stalling. I'm like, it's taking a long time. And she says, she's waiting. She's trying to give God time. The whole time, I'm standing behind her with a word from God. And as soon as her groceries got done ringing up, I walked up and said, God told me to pay for your food. And let me tell you what she had to do. She had to walk by faith all the way to the end. See, some of you guys would have got to Walmart and didn't see nobody and quit. Some of you guys would have got groceries in a cart and quit. Some of you guys would have got to the line and quit. But God said, keep on walking, keep on moving, keep on going. And right at the nick of time, I will come in perfect time and if I'm not there in time I'll rewind time and put some back on the clock to meet you in your situation to meet you in your need to meet you in your brokenness to see you through to the promise right in time and I don't know your situation or your storm or your struggle but I know our Savior and he would be there every single time And the thing that we don't understand about God is like Mary and Martha. They told Jesus, they said, if you would have been there, if you would have been there, when the Savior shows up, there don't matter because there comes the here when Savior shows up. He don't need to be there because there will meet Jesus wherever he is. If Jesus is on the boat, he don't need to be where the fish at. The fish is coming where Jesus is at. It will always meet Jesus in perfect time because he's not under time like us. He's over time. Time don't work against Jesus. Time works for Jesus. Every time he will meet you. And you got to understand something about your faith. Your faith is like Wi-Fi. It's like Wi-Fi. See, the thing that's so powerful about Wi-Fi is this. 
without Wi-Fi, you are stuck to this physical world. What you see is what you can see, what you can buy. You got to go to the store and buy it. You're stuck. You're limited. But when you get something called Wi-Fi, it opens you up to this whole digital space, the World Wide Web, and you can order stuff. You can buy clothes and shoes. You can work there. You can get on Instagram and be negative. You can do all kind of stuff. Don't be negative on Instagram. You can do all kind of stuff once Wi-Fi gives you access to this unseen realm. And if you don't have Wi-Fi or internet connection, you can't even fathom Facebook or Instagram. You can't connect with your family. I mean, you can get all kind of stuff. You can go on Facebook. Hey, I need a bed. Somebody got a bed? Oh, I got a bed. I'll bring it to you. And all kind of things is unlocked to you because of this invisible connection. And no one in this room has ever seen Wi-Fi. But you've all been affected by it. Some of you guys are sitting in this church right now because you saw a Facebook post that came through Wi-Fi. And Wi-Fi got you in this building, something that none of us ever seen. But we don't see Wi-Fi, but we see the effects of Wi-Fi. And God said faith was like that. You may not see faith, but you will see the effects of faith. Because we live by faith. I'm standing by faith. I'm preaching by faith. I'm walking by faith. God is saying you may not see it, but you can see the effects of it. And here's the deal. The digital realm is just as real. You can talk to somebody on there just like you can in real life. But without Wi-Fi, you have no access. And God says without faith, you have no access to the Spirit. And so many things in your life is going wrong because you're in a spiritual battle you can't even see. You don't even see what's happening. You don't even see what's going on. You don't even see what's attacking you. You don't even see what you're missing. You're trying all these things in the physical, and you're working, and you're toiling, and nothing is moving because you're walking in flesh, not in spirit. And the reason why you can't walk in spirit is because you feed your flesh 168 hours a week and then ask God to move in the spirit. And my question for you is, if you want to grow your spirit, man, you have to feed him more than your flesh, man. Because the one you feed most is the one that'll grow. Feed your spirit. You do that by praying and worshiping, being in the word of God, reading your Bible, listening to sermons. Feed the spirit man and he'll get big and strong and the Holy Spirit can guide you by spirit. But he's not going to guide your flesh. Your flesh is at enmity against God. Your flesh hates God. It hates the things of God. Why are they singing so much? Why is his love relentless? This has been too long. I'm ready to go home. That's your flesh. But the spirit inside of you says, I want the power of God. I want the presence of God. I want the essence of God. If you have your Bibles, go to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. You guys enjoying this? The just shall live by faith. Live by it. Everything is by faith. Everything. The way, your, the way your marriage operates is by faith. The way your job operates is by faith. Everything you do as a believer shall be by faith. And without it, it's impossible to please God. As a believer, you signed up for a faith walk. And you got to understand what that is. And, and the starting of faith is this. The Bible says, he that comes to God must believe that he is. Believe that God is. Just believe him and begin to make steps towards God. And he will meet you where you are because in the beginning of my faith journey, God was using people a lot. Like he would use people to give me words and people to pray for me and people to prophesy to me. But then when I got stronger in God and older in God, he started speaking to me directly. 
He started interpreting the scriptures for me. He will meet you where you are. It's like when a baby's born, at first, God uses the baby's parents to get the baby something to eat. You got you to bottle feed the baby. But when the baby gets older, he's like, when am I taking strips? And you'll be like that in the spirit of God. You'll be like, where my Bible strips at? You know? But right now, somebody may have to give you a bottle. I'm probably bottle feeding you now. You know, I'm going to preach some meat in a minute, so some of y'all may not eat. You know, we ain't going to do too much milk today. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11. It says, now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good report or testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So he said the worlds was framed by the word of God. So that the, thing, the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Let me just stop right there. I was going to read more of this, but we need, to, we need to break that down. Let's break that down. We can get to the rest of this later. Let's read that again. We can go to verse 3. It says, but faith, I mean, by faith, it says, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. Let me break this down to you. The Bible says, things that are seen, the things you see, the things you encounter with your senses, they're made by things that are not seen. Everything in this physical world, the world, the Milky Ways, the galaxies, the planets, everything in this world was created by things that's not seen. Everything, I mean people, plants, trees, waters, mountains, everything was made by things that are not seen. In other words, the invisible word of God created everything, every person, everything you see, everything that happens comes from this unseen realm, which makes this realm more real than the realm you live in. God is saying that we, the unseen realm, the spirit side of this, created the physical side of this. He's saying what's behind the scenes created what's in front of the scenes. What's behind the scenes created what's in front of the scenes. So everything you see, everything you encounter, everything you feel, this physical body, everything that's, that, that we encounter and everything we sense was created from the invisible God. So he's saying that the very essence of what you see comes from what you don't see. And the reason why is this. It said, it said, let's see. It said, the worlds were framed by the word of God. The word of God was in the beginning. And the word of God created the world. It framed everything. It put everything in its place. It put everything inside of its socket. And the Bible says things that are seen are temporal. They're temporary. Everything you can see is temporary. Yeah, you may look good for now. Yes, your truck may look good for now. Yes, your house may look good for now. Yes, your clothes may look good for now. Everything may be going great for now. Or maybe everything is bad for now. Maybe it don't look good for now. Maybe everyone is against you for now. But the beautiful thing about the physical realm is it's temporal. It can change. I want you to know something right now. The word of God can change your situation. The word of God can take you from oppressed and stressed and rejected to accepted love and conquering. 
What you can't see can be changed. So never let your circumstance be so loud and so big and so daunting that you can't overcome it because your current circumstance like that can be changed. Have you had friends that you love very much? Are they still your friends today? No. That girl you dated in high school, do you still date her? No. That car you used to drive, do you still drive it? No. The place you used to live in, do you still live there? No. Because physical things change. They're subject to change. But spiritual things don't change. The Bible says God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He never changes. And heaven and earth will pass, but his word will stand. It will stand. And the Bible says that if you want to please God, you have to live by faith. I want to show you something right quick. I'm going to show you something. I'm going to show you something. It said faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it's the raw materials. It's the raw materials, the word of God that God used to bring things that you hope for. But then it says faith is the evidence of things not seen. Evidence. Evidence is a court word. It's a court word. When you go into the court of law, you have to have evidence. But, the, but this is really weird, though. But, like, check this out. This is kind of a contradiction because it says faith is the evidence of things not seen. Wait, wait, wait. Evidence is something that, evidence is past tense. Evidence is something that happened. Faith is something that should happen, could happen, and will happen. So how can faith be evidence if it's not past tense? If faith has a future tense, how is it evidence? Because when you go to the court of law, evidence is this is what happened. So therefore, we can have this. But faith is this is what will happen. God is saying when you go to the court of law, you don't need to bring the past, the history, the pain, the trials, the mistakes, and everywhere you drop the ball. He said you can come to the presence of God and be judged not based on what you did, but be judged by Based on what God is about to do. So when you go to the court of God and the enemy is judging you and he's saying condemn her, condemn him, they're not enough. The spirit of the Lord says yes, but by faith I've spoken the word that she will be a mighty woman of God. He will be a mighty man of God. This sickness will not end in death. And though they drop the ball here, they're going to pick it up there. And in the court of law, devil, you lose not because of what happened, but because of what's about to happen. I'm about to move. I'm about to shake things. I'm about to change things faith is the evidence of things not seen in other words when the enemy is standing against me in the courtroom I don't even have to have a victory to fight him I can just have a promise and I could be standing there depressed, broken, rejected, and hurt. But the, but the Lord said, those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up on ease like weak eagles. And they shall run and not grow weary. They shall walk and not grow faint. And I'll say, hey, I'm in this courtroom. And I may look weary and I may look down. But devil, I'm not out. Because the Bible said, those that wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. And though I look weak and defeated, strength is coming. Do I look broken? Joy is coming. Do I look like I don't have enough fight in me? The Lord is fighting for me. This is not my battle. The battle is the Lord's. Oh, come on, somebody. Give our king a 10-second praise break. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. The last time I went to Houston, when I went to Houston, 
I ordered a hotel room for a couple of days. And when I ordered the hotel room for a couple of days, when I paid for it, I didn't get the hotel. It didn't pull up at my house. It, it didn't, it wasn't at my front door. Like I didn't get the hotel. When I ordered the room for two days, all I got was a confirmation number. All I got was a confirmation number. And I had to get in my car and drive all the way to Houston. And all I had was a confirmation number. And that confirmation number was proof in a promise that when I got to Houston, there would be a room waiting on me. I don't know who was staying in the room. I don't know who was there before me. I don't know if someone is in this room right now. But when I get to the hotel, because I got this confirmation number, I know that I have a room that awaits me. The trip may be far. We may have to stop for gas. I may have to change a couple of on the way, but when I arrive, there's a room that's waiting because I got confirmation. I want you to know something. The Word of God is your confirmation number. And if God said it, it got to happen because it's written down. He is your confirmation number, and it may not look like it. It may not look good. It may look like you're surrounded, but if you got a word from God, you have the confirmation that you need that the King will see you through. And maybe you're feeling sick right now and you got sickness in your body and your blood pressure shot up. But the Bible said, by his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. And though I don't look healed, I got a confirmation number and I'm going to walk by faith until I see the promise manifest. I got a confirmation number. The Word of God is your confirmation number. The Bible is your confirmation number. What God spoke to you in the darkness is your confirmation number. It's your confirmation. And if you keep trusting and know that you have evidence, you have evidence, you got the confirmation. So everything God said. So let's say you're going through something. Here's what you need to do, church. Whatever you're going through, go to the Word of God. Go to the presence of God. Get a Bible verse or get a rhema word from God. And you have a confirmation number. Now, I can go to Houston all day and name and claim a room. But if I don't have a confirmation number, I don't get a room. You need a confirmation. What are you standing on? Faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. And you got to understand something about faith. I hear a lot of preachers, they say, you know, if you want great faith, I'll tell you what faith is like. Faith is like sitting on a chair. And you just come and you're trusting that the chair will hold you up. And you're trusting that the chair will sustain you. Faith is like sitting on a chair. It's faith. That's stupid. That is so stupid. And let me tell you why it's stupid. Because I've been sitting on a chair my whole life. Chairs has been holding me my whole life. And yes, I went to a couple of ratchet places where the chair broke and I fell. There's a couple of places. I went to the hood, the minister, and the chair fell on me while I was preaching. It's cool. But for the most part, out of a thousand times, the chair stands 999 times. Which means I don't need faith to sit. I got experience to sit. Faith is when God calls you to the corner and you don't see a chair and God says sit. That's faith. And the question is, will I sit here like I would sit there? And faith is saying, though I can't see a chair, 
though I can't feel a chair, though I can't sense a chair, if God said if I could sit and I'm going to be sustained, I got to trust the chair even when I can't trace a chair. That's faith. And my question is, when God tells you to sit in this promise, can you trust it even when you can't trace it? When God tells you, hey, I need you to be seated in this, seated in this storm, can you trust them even when you can't trace them? When God says, I know your kids is far from God, but I'm bringing them home because you train a child in the way that they should go. And when they're old, they won't depart from it. Do you stand up or will you sit down on my word? God is saying faith is sitting when you can't see what you're sitting on. Because the opposite of faith is not doubt, it's sight. And your sight is what contradicts your faith. Because the word of God says you have something to sit on. And your sight says, uh-uh, no you don't. And what do you do? Do you stand or sit? Do you trust yourself or do you trust your God? The next thing I want to, the next thing I want to show you here is this. Faith comes in steps. I get ready to close out. Music could come up. Faith comes, me. y'all lucky I ain't got time to preach this. I ain't even on point one. It says faith comes in steps. Faith comes in steps. Let me teach you something, church. You can't choose your season, but you can choose your spirit. You can't choose your season, but you can't choose your spirit. Let me tell you something. As long as you're living by faith, faith happens in steps and faith happens in seasons. You will go through seasons. There will be good seasons and bad seasons. There will be seasons of plenty and there will be seasons of little. There will be seasons of mourning and there will be seasons of rejoicing. And seasons, everything goes up, up and down. Everything circles around. Faith happens in steps. And let me tell you the three steps of faith. The first step of faith It's promise. Faith doesn't start until you get a promise from God. Without a promise or a word from God, there is no faith. And many people are like, I trusted God. Did you have a word? Faith starts with promise. That is the starting place of faith. But right after promise, you got to now fight for faith because after promise, the next step is process. And during the process, the enemy is unleashed. During the process, he will contradict you. He will resist you. He will fight you. He will squeeze you. He will pull you. He will crush you. During the process of faith, God don't just give it to you easy. He allows the enemy to oppose you. Read the Bible. Every person that worked for God was opposed. He didn't remove the giant. No, they had to go through the giant. He didn't remove the Red Sea. They had to go through the Red Sea. He didn't remove the lion's den. Daniel had to go in the lion's den. In the seizing of process, there will be resistance, crushing, and squeezing. And the reason why is because faith that doesn't endure is faith that doesn't exist. Faith that doesn't endure is faith that doesn't exist. And God is saying, I want you to have a faith that's stubborn. I don't want you to just have a lenient faith. I don't want you to have a faith that stumbles. I want you to have a faith that's stubborn. You can take a hit and you keep on trusting God. They can contradict you and you keep on trusting God. They can mistreat you and you keep on trusting God. Though he slay me, yet I trust him. I want you to have a stubborn faith. No matter what comes against you, you will keep going. No matter what comes against you, you will keep building. No No matter what stops you, you will keep trusting the promise. God says, I want you to have stubborn faith. And you don't get stubborn faith in subtle situations. You only get stubborn faith in resistant environments. 
And God says, I want your faith to be stubborn. So the process is ugly and it's messy. But those are the steps that you have to go through to get to the product. You have the promise, the process, the product. The product is the manifestation of the promise. And that's why when Jesus came on the scene, when Jesus came on the scene, they said, Hosanna, Hosanna. And they was trying to build him a physical kingdom. And they was trying to crown Jesus the king of the Jews. And Jesus said, y'all are tripping. And he said, the reason why y'all are tripping and slipping is because you guys are trying to crown me before you cross me. I can't be crowned until I'm crossed. I can't be crowned until I'm crossed. You can't put a crown on my head until you put a cross through my hands. And God is saying the reason why many of you aren't seeing the product of faith is because you're trying to be crowned before your cross. Before there's a resurrection, there's first a crucifixion. Before there's a good story, there's first a bad story. Before the morning comes, the night shows up. And Jesus said, before I can wear a crown of victory, I first got to get on the cross of misery. Because no cross, no crown. No cross, no crown. And many of us want the crown of life without going through the cross of the process. God says, I allow you to be crossed because at the end, you will be crowned. But he's saying, you got to trust me. And I know you can't see it. And I know it goes against your senses. And I know it goes against what your family taught you. And I know you're in a different place. And I know you don't understand. But you have to trust me. And God is saying, who in here can trust me? Who in here could trust me? God is saying, I'm a good God. I make good on my word. My vows are perfect. I'm not a man that I should lie. Can you trust me? Can you trust me? Can you wait on me? Can you walk with me? You know, my goddaughter, whenever she's here at this church, her name's Kinsley, it's Kaylee's baby. Whenever she's here at this church, she comes and she runs up on the stage, and I stand in front of the stage. And she's like, Pastor KJ, can you catch me? And I'm like, yeah, kids. And she comes and she runs, a little daredevil, and she just like leaps off the stage. And I'm like, oh, God, I wasn't even ready. My horse is down, <coughs> you know. And the funny thing about that is the story didn't start that way. I remember a couple years back, we were in here, and I would come to the front of the stage, and I would say, Kinsley, Come jump. I want to catch you. And she's like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. I'm like, jump. She got, mm-hmm. And she was afraid to jump. And then one time I was like, jump, jump. I'll catch you. So I'm standing, I'm standing off the stage, and she comes up to the front. She says, closer, <laughs> closer. <laughs> and I come closer, and she did this half jump, and I caught her. And she said, let's try it again. And she did it like six or seven times. About a week later, she started jumping from here, catch me. I'm like, I'm turned backwards. And she would just jump and she would leap. And at first she didn't have the faith to jump. At first she didn't have the trust to jump. At first she didn't have the capacity to jump because she was scared. But once I kept catching her and catching her and catching her and catching her and catching her, her faith began to expand. And she was loving to jump. She was willing to jump. It wasn't a struggle. It wasn't a strain. It was easily, it was easy to jump. And the reason why it was easy to jump is because she knew someone bigger than her, someone stronger than her, and someone that loved her would always catch her. And even when I wasn't ready, 
I would always catch her. And I want you to know something. Your father God is in heaven. And he's saying, child, I am with you. I am for you. And I love you. And I know this situation looks scary. And I know you've never been here before. But he's saying, if you could just trust me, if you would just jump, I will catch you. And not only will I catch you, your faith will begin to expand because I'll keep catching you. I will catch you every single time. Why did Peter deny Jesus before the rooster crowed? But then why was he, then why at the end did he say, crucify me upside down because I'm not worthy to be crucified right side up? It was because at first he didn't know that his Savior could catch him. But Jesus kept catching him and catching him and catching him and catching him and catching him to the point where he said, you can crucify me hanging upside down. And I know that spiritually I won't fall because Jesus will always catch me. And that's where God wants to get you at, church. He wants to get you to a place where you know your daddy God will catch you every single time. But the tragedy is, before God can ever catch you, you have to first jump. And who's willing to jump? I don't know what situation that looks like, it looks hopeless. It looks like it's burning. It looks like it's on fire. It looks like it's beyond repair. And there's nowhere to walk in this situation. There's only one thing you can do, and that's jump. But it's dangerous. It's scary. Will God catch you? And faith is saying, though I can't see God and I can't trust God because the difference between Kinsley and us is she can see me. What happens when I tell her to jump and she can't see me? But I still say, trust that I'll catch you. That's what God is asking of us. Will you jump off the stage of life into the arms of a daddy God that you can't see? And he said that the word of God is your substance. You've got to promise I'll catch you. Your faith is the evidence that I'll catch you. It's the evidence of what will happen. Will you simply trust me when you can't even trace me? Will you jump blind? 